just with a real expectancy on my heart. I woke up real early, and um, and I just uh, God was just stirring and working on me, and and so I think if He's working on me, hopefully He's working on you. Amen. I don't think I'm that special or that unique. I believe God is in this season, in twenty, in the next twenty-two days. If you and I will use our faith, if you and I will create new muscles, do you know 20, in 22 days, it still won't create the muscle of prayer? It won't do it. There's some kind of scientific evidence, and I don't know the, the exact number, so forgive me, but there's something like you have to do something for like 50 some odd days in order for it to become a habit in your life. Did you catch that? You have to do something different in your life whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's praying, whether it's worshiping, um, whether it's um, uh, whatever, whatever the habit you're trying to create, you have to do it over a series of day after day after day after day. Amen? And so I believe that if we become more Bible literates, if we become more spirit-led, if we become more Jesus-oriented, it will radically change our church. <laughs> Thank you for one Amen. Oh, let me try that again. I just, it was my wife too, I paid her to do that. Hey, I just, I, I'm, I'm, we're going to do it God's way, amen? That if we, if we focus on prayer, if we focus on reading his word, if we focus on pursuing the presence of God and leading and, and allow him to speak to us, then you and I will be radically changed in our relationships, in our marriage, our kids, our home, our job, our church, and in our community. Can you shout Amen. Amen. I, I, I didn't write it. Jesus wrote it, amen? It's in the Bible. And so I just believe that that is absolutely true. And so last Sunday, we, um, I spoke a message. We kicked off the, uh, the brand new year, the best is yet to come. And so we continue to, <clears throat> we continue to declare that over each and every part of our lives, our hearts, um, our church, our, our relationships. Out of that message last week, um, if you were here, um, there's this incredible story, and, and I don't have time to re-preach it this morning, but in Haggai uh, at 1, chapter 1, it talked about how God's people, and see this is cyclical, God's people take their eyes off of God, they do it their way, they do it, um, they get trapped in themselves, they get trapped doing busy things and not focusing on God. And so God says, okay, if that's the way you want it, good luck. And eventually, God's people get in such, uh, they get in such a predicament, such a pickle, they get in such a dark hole that they realize the only person, the only way to get us out of this is what? Turn back to God. Have you noticed that you and I are not that different than the people that, that, that's in the Old Testament? Have you noticed that? That we have the same cycles that we repeat. When we get into a pickle and then we cry out to God. Right When we get in a tough spot, when all hell is breaking loose, it, then we cry out to God. Well, it was no different then. But that very, there's this, incredible, there's this incredible part of that story that I talked about last Sunday. It talked about when, when God's people realized that only by seeking God will their situation change. Only by going after God and doing it God's way. And God had to use a 70-year-old prophet to stir up his people, to challenge the church, to challenge God's people, turn back to God, and then I'll bless you. Turn back to God, 
Give me first place in your life, and then I'll change your community. Turn back to God, and then I will change your family. That principle is, was in operation 2,500 years ago, and I want to preach about it this morning. It's called Seek First the Kingdom of God. If you've got your Bible open, will you open your Bible to Matthew 6.33? This verse is well known, and this verse is something that I believe that God is speaking and declaring over our church. We're going to do a series of messages titled Seek First. Today, I want to set us up. I want to set you up. I want to set me up. I want to set up anybody watching and listening to this message this morning that the first thing that we have to seek, it's not money. It's not a title. It's, it's not education. It's not, a, it's not your, your, your spouse. It's not seeking after kids. It's not seeking after a job status or whatever. It's actually seeking after the kingdom of God. Let's see what the Bible says about it. If you're in Matthew 6, verse 33, we'll put it behind me as well so you can follow along. It says, seek, somebody shout, seek. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Let me read that again. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live, that's the next part, and live righteously. And that last part of that verse is, and then, somebody shout, and then, and then he will give you everything that you and I need. Here's a different translation. The Passion Translation says, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. For you see, you all, God created you and I. God created you and I for greatness. God created you and I with purpose. We're not here just to, we're not here just to take up valuable oxygen space. We're not here just to, we're here, we're here for something great that God put on the inside of you and I. And so if, if the, the very creator of, of, of me, the very creator of purpose in you is God, then how much more should we seek the very God that created us? Amen? How much more should we be passionately going after, God, why did you make me? God, why, what did you put on the inside of me? What is my purpose? Why am I here? That question is, has been answered, or that question has been asked for hundreds and thousands of years. Why am I here? And so in that verse... Jesus was trying to answer that. For you see, life before Christ, life before the New Testament, required a, a God's people to, to sweat, God's people to work hard, God's people to, to toil, God's people to, quite frankly, worry, God's people to, to struggle, ups and downs and cycles and, and highs and lows. And so all of this culminated in, in God having to bring his son to earth, in flesh, in order to change, in order to shift, in order to move the direction of God's people. See, it's not about what we do, you all. It's not about what we have. It's not about how hard we, you and I can work. It's about the kingdom. It's about seeking the kingdom first. For you see, sin separated us from 
The sin uh, you and I committed separated us from the very provision of God. We were cursed. Jesus came to break the curse off of you and I. For you see, we don't have a, we don't have a provision problem. If you go back to the Haggai, we don't have a provision problem. God had all of the provision that God's people ever needed. Do you know what Angela was saying was so good? Everything that we need is actually found in God. The challenge is, is are we finding it in God or are we finding it in Tim? Or my job or whatever the situation may be. See, we don't, seeking first the kingdom of God often is, is a challenge to our priorities. God, what do I, what do I prioritize? Hello? Do I have the right set of folks? Maybe it's just me. God, what, what do I prioritize? And Jesus was right up front. He was saying, seek first. What place? First. Seek first. Put me, put me first. Put me first place in your life. And so Jesus came with this new reality, the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God. The word seek is all through the Bible. Seek peace, seek, um, uh, seek justice, seek righteousness. But God gave this command, Jesus gave this command, seek the kingdom. Find me. Mm. God wasn't lost. <laughs> God, God, God's never been lost. God's never been confused about where he's at. What he's trying to do is get a group of people called Jubilee called his followers, he's trying to get a group of people to say, seek me, seek God, seek the kingdom first. Jeremiah says it this way, Jeremiah 29, 13, when you search for me, you'll find me. Amen? In other words, God is not some mystical, spooky, God is our father, dad is daddy God. He's given us the Holy Spirit, amen? To speak to us, to speak through us, Heck, to speak for us. But you have to seek after God. Jeremiah says, when you search me, you will find me. If you seek me, key word is if, if you seek me with all of your heart, how much of your heart? With all of your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. In other words, God wants to be found. But you and I have to put forth the seeking. You and I have to put forth the the move the 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 effort the the and the the amazing thing is God's faithful. Talk to him. We talk to him. Like having a conversation on a on a Sunday morning or Wednesday at work, whatever it may be, we talk to God. We have a relationship with Daddy God. And so prior to, to Matthew 6:33, that verse we read, and I won't go back and read all of this, but right before that, if you go back to verses 25 through 32, basically Jesus is, is, is trying to get um, his believers, his followers, off of the things of worrying about your life, worrying about what you're going to eat, worrying about what you're going to drink, um, worrying about what you're going to wear, about the clothes, um, worrying about all this stuff that, quite frankly, you and I still worry about today. Amen? Well, if you don't believe me... Um, if you don't believe me, look at your phone. Pull out your phone, right? If you don't believe me, look at the, the emails that pile up on your desk or in your computer. If you don't believe me, think about all the things that you stress about. Think about all, you know, the number one, the number one disagreement, um, Angela and I never fight. 
But the number one disagreement is that, that couples have, especially um, whether it's couples have been married one month or, 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 or 15 years, is money. Amen? Money is one of the biggest things that separate couples. And so I'm telling you, we just have made up our mind that, God, we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. We're not going to seek money. Now, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing like money having money. I'd rather have money than not have money, but I just don't want to seek money. Can I, can I have an amen? I don't want it to be my God. I want, I want to make, as I've said this um, from the very, uh, very part I started, I started pulling a lawnmower behind a bicycle mowing yards when I was in fifth grade. I said, God, I want to make as much money as fast and as quickly as possible. I just left it like that. I didn't know God at the point. But I said, God, give me favor. Give us favor. And I'm telling you, if we will seek first the kingdom of God, if we will not worry about our clothes and worry about all the other things that consume our life, if we will seek first the kingdom of God, and then the Bible says all these things will be added unto you. Amen? So don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about your food. Don't worry. The, the Bible, he, Jesus said, hey, birds, birds figure out where to, get, uh, where to get food at. I feed them. Look at the lilies in the field. I, I take care of them. Amen? Stop worrying about that stuff. Stop it. Stop it. That's what Jesus was saying. And so this is this amazing paradigm shift. Jesus says, don't worry about that, but seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. On that sermon on the mount, he's, he's declaring this. The difference between the old covenant and the new covenant is just amazing, this amazing exchange, this amazing new reality that, that it's less about what you do, it's more about who you are. How many know you, each and every one of you guys, we are sons and daughters of God. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We are sons and daughters of Jesus himself. Amen. And so because of that, everything that I need, everything that I need in my life, in my marriage, in my home, in my church, everything that I need um, to be successful, to accomplish all the great things that God's put on the inside of me, seek the kingdom first. Seek God. Tim, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're saying, wow, this is pretty simple. It's incredibly simple. We make it very difficult. We make it very difficult. Well, how do you know that? Well, one of the most prescribed pills right now is for anxiety. One of the most prescribed pills right now is for people to somehow, someway find calm in their life. Here it is. Seek first the kingdom of God. Once again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to preach against medication. But what I do want to do is I want you as a believer, as a son, as a daughter to realize if we do it God's way, it's amazing how he will heal my mind, my marriage, how he'll heal my family, he'll heal my body, he'll heal my emotions, amen. For you see, I don't believe that we have to be, we have to be emotionally scarred for life. I don't believe that we, we have to stay in the trauma, in the drama that has somehow defined me as a, as a young man or as a young woman. I don't believe that I have to just take it. My Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says seek the first, the kingdom of God, and everything that I need. Money, peace, hope, healing, joy, everything that I need is found in me and you seeking after the kingdom of God. I'm just telling you, we've been, we've been lied to, y'all. That somehow, if you don't make it, then fake it. 
I've been guilty of that. Haven't read my Bible for days, weeks. Haven't prayed. Haven't carved out any time to worship. Haven't led anybody to Jesus. That's called faking it, y'all. The Bible says seek, don't fake. Maybe that should be the name of this title, this message. Hey, we're, we're masters at faking it. Well, we, we, we live Monday through Saturday, and then we'll come in, and on Sunday morning, man, we haven't read our Bible. We haven't even thought about God all week long. We've been so busy and so consumed with school or work or whatever or, or raising a family. Once again, nothing, none of that is wrong. It's all part of what. But God says, put me first. Amen? Put him first. For you see, provision comes because of who you are, not because of what you do. I'm going to say that again. Provision, resources, I'm not talking about just money. Resources comes because of who you are, not because of what you and I do. And see, what Jesus was saying in that moment is don't allow seeking after stuff to be your priority. Seek after the kingdom of God. He provides. He's the Lord. He's the king. He was the last king. He was the last king. Amen. He, was the, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He, he is the last king for you and I. He is the king that knows and cares and, 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 and is intimately involved in you and all's life if we will seek the kingdom. Seek the king. Seek the king. When we make him king over our life, just as he made, you, you see, listen to this. Jesus actually got in trouble, not when he was declaring that he was savior. Jesus got in trouble when he just started declaring he was king. And when the people that were following him started declaring he's king. And when you and I put God first, when we say, God, we seek the king, we seek the kingdom, how many know that you and I, we will be persecuted? You and I will run into some resistance. You and I will bump into some people that don't agree with what I'm preaching this morning. My Bible says, seek, the, seek first the kingdom of God. For you see, it's not about a church service. It's not about you and I punching our ticket, walking in here on a Sunday morning and somehow, some way that we have done our holy obligation for the week. It's about you and I having a face-to-face -face encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Somehow on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whatever, somehow seeing God first in my life. Seeing me changed. Then the things that we seek, the benefits, signs, wonders, miracles, peace, provision, resources, love, all those things, those are benefits. Listen to me. Those are benefits of you and I seeking first the kingdom. You and I seeking first the king. Hey, listen, we'll never truly experience agape love. Mm -hmm. This one is a good one. We'll never truly experience what agape love means to you and I. For you see, agape love, the definition of it is, is without conditions. The only way you and I will truly ever love someone, heck, even love ourselves, without conditions, is for us to put the kingdom first. How do I know that? 
How do I know this is one of the most difficult places for you and I to truly push into? Um, Go back to Matthew 6, chapter 10, or uh, chapter 6, verse 10. The number one thing, the number one area, the number one, um, uh, the number one priority that Jesus and, and, and Ange talked about earlier, we must pray continually, the Bible says. And so Jesus said, here's an example of a prayer. Now, he didn't give this prayer um, for you and I to, to, to mechanically just say it over and over and over again. God, Jesus didn't provide this prayer for us to somehow not understand what this prayer was all about. I don't have time this morning to dig into the uh, uh, part by part of the Lord's Prayer, but if you go to our website, we've got, some, we've got some insight there, amen? How do you pray the Lord's Prayer over your life, over your house, over your marriage, over your kids? But Jesus said this, he said, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom, there's that word again, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For you see, if there's no power in in our lives If there's no power in our church, if there's no power in our community, if there's no power in you and I, then you and I need today to have an experience. You and I need to come face to face with the King of Kings. We need to have an encounter with him. We need to have an encounter with the source of all that. For you see, it's not just about, um, as Ange talked about, it's not just us praying. It's It's not a ritual to have for us to be fasting there's got to be an expectation. There has to be a connection to, to the king of kings and the Lord. There's got to be a connection to the kingdom to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down what I enjoy. God, I'm going to lay down the time I normally spend doing this, this, and this, and I'm going to seek you. Change me. God, change me. Change me. Do something on the inside of me that changes it. I don't want to have a church that is mechanical. I don't want to have a church that is full of do's and don'ts. I don't want to have a, I don't want to be a part of a church that we're just going through the motions, y'all. I want to have a church that's got power. I want to have a church that when someone shows up on a Sunday morning, when someone gets blessed by a, or, or on a youth meeting, whatever it may be, that they see the power of God flowing through you. Amen? For you see, the Bible says that you and I, you and I have the power on the inside of us. Not just some superstar person on a, on a stage, amen, with the microphone. It's in you. Amen? It's in you. I want the presence. <laughs> I want the presence of the king like we've never had it before. I want the presence of the king to show up on a Sunday morning. I want the presence of, of the king to show up on a Wednesday morning, on a Friday morning. I want the presence of the king to show up on your job, amen, at your job site. I want the presence of the king to show up in your home. I don't want him here just at church or in this box. I want to get the king of kings out of this church. Amen? But it requires a choice. It's a decision. Unfortunately, God won't make up your mind for you. God won't decide. He won't decide to take over unless you allow him to. I'm just praying this morning, God, take over. 
take over our church. Take over our conversations. God, be Lord over our money. God, be Lord over our destinies. God, be Lord over our kids, our young people. God, be Lord over, be Lord over our community. God, be Lord over every virus. Amen? God, I just put you first place. Lord, we seek you this morning, the kingdom of God. For you see, I believe that we have to make a decision, and we can't just be halfway there. Quite frankly, it's a shame on, on a Sunday morning as I'm looking around and there's, there's hundreds of churches in Pensacola, including ours. Quite frankly, given the, given the climate that we're in as a, as a community, as a, as a culture, as, quite frankly, as a nation, every single seat in this place should be full. Why? Because people are dying and going to hell every single day. People that are desperate for hope. People that are desperate to hear something that's got truth in it. People are, des- should be de- people are desperate to hear something that's got peace in it. Because all around our lives is chaos, uncertainty. And if you haven't noticed, there's a healthy portion of fear. Hello? One, th- one, of, the, the biggest, one of the biggest consequences of walking through COVID, and by the way, we can't let up praying, y'all. We can't, we, can't, we can't take the gas pedal off of our praying for our healthcare workers. We can't take the gas pedal off of us praying for people that have been affected by COVID. We have to continue to pray and break the spirit of COVID in its back. Amen? I thank God for every healthcare worker. I thank God for every scientist. I thank God for everybody that's on the front line. But I got to do my part and we need to pray more. Amen? But I also know on the other side of what has happened is fear. Fear. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? Seek first the kingdom of God. So if you and I are walking in fear, that means that we are seeking something other than the kingdom of God. I want us to be all in as a church. I want us to have a hunger. Listen to me. I believe God is sparking not just a a physical hunger, but I believe he is sparking a spiritual hunger on the inside of our church. I want to be hungry for God. I want you and I to be hungry for God like we never have before. For you see, what happens after a few years of serving God, your first experience walking down on a Sunday morning or at at some kind of event or somewhere maybe maybe in your living room where you lifted your hands for the very first time. Someone grabbed your hand and and they prayed the sinner's prayer with you. Man, what an experience. Can you remember that? Can you remember when you said the sinner's prayer for the very first time? Man, what did you feel? Man, you felt new. You felt wiped clean. The slate the reset button was ha- happened in your heart. My, my, um, my challenge to us is, God, take us back to that place where, Lord, everything is new. God, take me back to the place where I desire, I hunger to be in your presence. I don't care. I don't care if the worship is not just right. I don't care if the temperature is not just right. I don't care how many people are pulling on me. I don't care what I need to do. God, what I must do is seek first the kingdom of God. Are you with me? If we want to see our church, our community, our lives change, Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. 
reshift your priorities. I'm feeling it in my spirit. Reshift your priorities. Think of all the things that suck up your time. Think of all the things that pull for your attention. Think of all the people that, that try to pull you down dark holes. Think of all the time that you waste. Well, I don't have time to pray. I guarantee you that if you track what you do from the time you wake up until you go to bed, I guarantee you, you will find time in your schedule in which you're just wasting. I did it. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's not good. Right? So I just said, God, I, help me become more diligent. Help me become more effective with my time. Help me understand, God, I, I, there's a lot of things I should be doing, but God, there's only one thing I need to be doing. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. God, I want to see the king. For you see, Jesus said this in the Beatitudes. He knew that the, the attitude that you and I need to have, we must have, is to seek God. He said, blessed are those who are hunger, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for a right relationship with God. I don't have time this morning to preach to it, but that right there is a message in itself. A right relationship. God's not an ATM. Hello? God's not an ATM. God's, although he provides, God's not your crisis inter intervention uh, counselor, although he does. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that we go to God for. But God is saying in this moment, will you, will you just be hungry and thirsty for a right relationship with me? And then that verse says, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who only want one thing, those of an undivided heart, for they shall see God. When we come in here on a Sunday morning, my prayer for me, I woke up real early this morning. And I just was praying, I was walking my living room floor, and I just said, God, make me hungry. Make me empty. So when I walk in these doors on a, on a Sunday morning, God, will you fill me up? God, will I walk out full? See, I don't want to walk in full. I want to walk in emptied, amen? I want to walk in knowing that, God, you're going to do something to me and through me and for me. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. Because he loves you. He loves me. So my prayer, my prayer was, God, will you please just fill us up as a church today? Father, if we seek first the kingdom of God, Lord, will you make me full today? Lord, will you make us full today, God? Will we not lack anything today, God? Why? Because we're putting you first. Amen? I'm putting you first. Hey, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, put him first. Put him first. Put God first. IHOP uh, a few years ago, and maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll plaster this somewhere. <laughs> I, I love uh, I love uh, breakfast. Have you ever eaten breakfast for dinner? Any breakfast for dinners fans? Absolutely love breakfast breakfast for dinner, and um, and so they had a they had a uh, they had a saying: Come hungry, leave happy. Come hungry, leave happy. Why? Because they want you to come into their doors hungry. Because they know what they have as a restaurant will fill you up. And when you are full, you are what? You are what? I've never met somebody that pushes away from the table, rubs their belly, Mr. David Hall. I, I, I don't, I mean, you're, you're svelte, what I'm just saying. Right? Me and David push our way, we push back from the table and we're like, 
Oh, that was horrible. Right? Don't you, you don't do that? Man, I'm telling you, when you get a good meal, when you've had a home-cooked meal, and I'm hungry right now, when you've had a really good home-cooked meal with, uh, give me a good home-cooked meal. Um, you're not got on my brain, country fried steak. I don't know why. I got country fried steak on my brain right now. Mashed potatoes, green beans. Woo! We're all going to Mr. Hall's house right after church, y'all. Either that or Cracker Barrel. Hey! How many know when you push back from that table after you've eaten a, 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 an amazing meal from Cracker Barrel or wherever your favorite restaurant is, you push back from the table and you're like, ooh, I am very unhappy. Never met anybody that does that. Dave, how about you? No. Man, you push back and say, I'm what? I'm full. Oh, I feel, I'm, I may be miserable, but I feel good. Amen. Have you ever said that? Man, I'm miserable. But I feel good. That is the way, that's a picture of what God was sharing with me this morning. That God, I want to push back from the table of the Lord. I want to push back and say, God, I came empty, but man, I'm full. I'm full. I make a decision today, God, to fill my life with you. I make a decision today to fill my heart, to fill my spirit with a love and a hope and a joy and a peace. I choose, Father God, you. Go to verse 14 as I wrap up. This is where the rubber meets the road in that prayer. Are you still in Matthew 6? It says, if you forgive those who sin against you. Tim, you should have had the altar call right before this verse. Interesting. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But, somebody shout, but. But if you refuse, is that what that says? Just making sure. But if you what? If you choose not to. If you choose not to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. He won't forgive you. Are you saying, Lord, in this passage this amazing Lord's Prayer, kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive is the key. Forgiveness is the key. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. For you see, Jesus knew, <laughs> Jesus knew as human beings, forgiveness would be one of the hardest things for you and I to do. Jesus knew at some point that I'm going to make you mad. I probably made some of y'all mad at some point. It's hard to believe that because I'm close to as perfect in this room as you are. No, not so much. But I will make you mad. You'll make one another mad. And have you noticed that it's easier for you and I to extend mercy and grace and forgiveness, for you and I to extend compassion and hope, for you and I to extend our lives and a conversation with people that we don't know versus people that we do know? 
It's easy for me to accept somebody walking down to the altar for the very first time, never met him, him or her before. They've got whacked out hair, maybe whacked out life. They smell like booze. They, they may not know what the heck they're doing, but they somehow full of, feel a tug of the Holy Spirit. They may have been shot up last, um, last night. They may have been in a crack house, a prostitute house, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. I pray for them. I love on them, and I somehow see God redeem them. But if you were to do that, I hold you to a whole nother standard. Whew. That's not what my Bible says. It says forgive. It says forgive. In other words, I got to forgive you. You got to forgive me. We got to forgive one another. Then my prayers will be answered. Amen. How many times do I have to forgive? <laughs> All the time. Not easy, but not impossible. How do I know that? It's because the king says, I have forgiven all of your sins. I've forgiven all of your debts. I didn't have to. I wanted to. Jesus himself said, I, have, I will die and hang on a cross so that you don't have to. So kingdom come. The kingdom can't come unless you and I choose to forgive. Do you want to know what's going to radically change our church? Is forgiveness. Amen? Hey, let me say that again. The one thing that's going to radically change you and I's lives, which in turn changes our marriages, change our families. Hey, some of y'all got some really dysfunctional family. I am I right? I mean, I know about some of your situations, Right? Some of y'all have some really bad stuff that has happened. Can I use the word crap? Some crap that has happened in your, in, your, in your family, around your family table. The only way that you and I will ever see the kingdom come in your life and in my marriage and in our church and in our community, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Had that conversation with a young man actually yesterday or, or Friday. Doesn't mean that he was right or wrong. It's about me choosing to forgive. Come on, y'all. This is, this, 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 is, this, is simple. this is simple Christianity. And sometimes someone that, that has never experienced the Lord before gets this better than what we do. Somehow, someway, my, my, uh, my sin meter prevents me from forgiving you. There is nothing in the Bible, nothing in the Bible that says that there is no sin, no sin, that I should hold over you. No offense. For you see, a couple of weeks ago, I, I preached a message, and it really stuck with me. Jesus, at that last supper, if you recall, he took the lowest of the low positions, and what did he do? He washed the feet of his disciples. He washed the feet of these men these same men that would lie, betray, and hand them over to be crucified was the same very men that God was taking the lowest of the lowest form of being a servant, and he was washing their feet. You want to know what our model for forgiveness is? You want to know what our model of serving other is? You want to know what our model of loving other is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's our model. He's our model. Here's how I know, as I close, come on worship team. Here's how I know that this message is getting on the inside of you and I. This is how you will measure yourself. 
For you see, everything in the kingdom of God needs to be measured, I believe. This is how you will know whether you're truly seeking first God's kingdom, his nature, um, uh, who he is, his principles, is that whenever someone does something wrong to you, how do you respond? My flesh, when someone says something about me, my, my, um, my instincts says I want to fire back. I want to lash back. I want to come back at them with my words, my, my fist, my, my anger, whatever it may be. I'll tr- you'll truly know whether you're seeking first the kingdom of God is when someone does that to you and you say, I bless you. Do you want to, are you listening to me, church? You'll know you are seeking first the kingdom of God when you get confronted by someone who absolutely irritates the fire out of you and you choose to bless them. I believe somebody's going to have an opportunity today. Someone that irritates the fire out of you, hopefully it's not your spouse. But even then, we need to learn how to forgive our spouses. Amen? Someone, is, someone you're going to bump into. you're going to bump into. Quan, you're gonna get in trouble over there, so you got to be careful. Hey, but you know what? The, the people that are the closest to us are, once again, the hardest people for us to what? To forgive. To hold no record of wrongdoing. But I'm just telling you, for us to truly know if the kingdom is on the inside of us, Seek first the kingdom, then guess what's going to happen? He's going to change me. He's going to change my nature. He's going to change the way that I react. He's going to change the way that I respond. Hey, Tim, you normally would respond this way, so what's up with you? Let me tell you what God's been doing in my life. Ooh, you want to talk about an open door at work? Normally you would fly off the handle, you would be da 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 I know that's nobody in this room, it's all the other folks that are not here this morning. But just in case that is you. You respond that way, and then you don't do that come tomorrow morning? Um, what's wrong with you? What an open door to share the gospel. Are you guys with me? Hey, listen, if we don't look, if we don't respond any differently to the world, then you and I are not putting the kingdom first. Can I say that again? If you and I, the way that we handle our business, the way that we respond whenever conflict, whenever drama or trauma, whenever difficult people come into our lives, if we don't respond any different than the world does, that means that you and I are not maybe even saved. That's a strong statement. That's a strong statement. Because Paul said in Philippians, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. You're talking about a man that was saw the eyes um, open, he got people saved, he got thrown in the jail, he got shipwrecked, he got, he got um, knocked off of his horse. All of this crazy stuff happened to a man, and that man still said, I want to know Christ. How much more should we hunger? Hey, listen, how much more should we thirst for the kingdom of God? How much more should we say, King of kings and Lord of lords, come and reign over my life? I give up. I surrender. Have my life. Take it all. Take it all. For you see, I want to have an appetite for God that's never satisfied. No matter what I say, no matter how long I serve God, 
no matter how many people I reach for the Lord. I want to have a church that's never satisfied. Are you guys with me? I want to be a part of a group of people who's never satisfied. Always, always wanting to learn more. Always wanting to grow. Always wanting to, to, to be more like Christ. For you see, I haven't arrived. I've got a long way, actually. But this is what I do know, that God, I want to stand before a church this morning, not with some title, just as a son, and say, God, I want to see the King. I seek first the kingdom of God. I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. Because, God, I know that if I seek you first and your righteousness, the Bible says you'll add everything into my life. Everything that I lack, everything that I believe in God for, everything that I need, it's found in seeking you. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, with your eyes closed, your hands raised. Just right there at your seat. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we seek you. Father, we don't seek stuff this morning. Lord, we don't seek a title or position. Lord, we don't seek religion. Lord, we don't seek doing Christian. Lord, we don't seek doing religion. We seek you this morning, God. Lord, we seek the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we want to see you. Lord, I want to see you. So this morning, in this atmosphere this morning, come on, just give me a few minutes. Don't let anybody leave. Father, in this atmosphere today, God, Lord, we want to see you, Lord, be king over our lives. Come on, if there's something to the sound of my voice that you've never made Jesus king over your life, today is your day. Today is your day. If you want to make him Lord, master, savior, healer, deliverer, today is your day. Come on, with your hands lifted, your eyes closed. Come on, I feel the heartbeat of God working on the inside of us. Reshifting priorities. Reshifting who I am. Reshifting my past. Cutting off my past. Woo! Father, there's sons and daughters in this room this morning. God, we pray. We are hungry for you, God. We are thirsty for you today, God. Come on, is there anybody that's hungry? Is there anybody that's thirsty this morning? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, right where you're at. Come on, will you just lift up your voice? Will you cry out to God? Will you make him king over your life? Will you just say, Jesus, I choose to make you king over my life. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you more, God. I need you more, God. I choose to make you Lord. I seek first your kingdom of God. Come on, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to make an opportunity right now. Meet me down front. I want to pray for you. If you've never made him Lord, Master, Savior of your life, but today you want to make a decision. You want to make a fresh commitment to say, God, I put you first. In my life, my future, my fears, my failures, today, 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 I choose you.
come on, is there anybody that would be so bold? Get out of your seat and meet me right down front. Before I go any farther, I want to I give you an opportunity to do that. Come on, with the church praying right now. Come on, with the church praying right now. Come on, somebody is on my heart this day. Somebody is on my heart this morning. I don't know who you are. Somebody is on my heart this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm just going to wait just a few more seconds. I want to make you Lord over my life. I want to make you Lord over my life. Today I choose to seek the kingdom first. You, Lord. You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is what I want to do next.